0: Welcome to the latest episode of Women's Hockey Digest. I'm your host Stephen Edwards and tonight I'm delighted to be joined by Paige Harrington from the Boston Pride and Bray Ketchum from the Metropolitan Riveters. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Paige Harrington from the Boston Pride. Paige, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going?
1: Oh, thank you for having me. Everything's going good. How are you?
0: I'm doing very well. We're just a day with from another weekend in the NWHL. But before we start talking oh. about that, Let's get uh, going on some of your early days in hockey and talk about when you first started playing and who were some of the players you liked to watch growing up?
1: I come from a hockey family. Um, you know, I started playing when I was four years old and I saw my brother skate and um, I wanted to get into the action. Um, yeah, so I've been skating ever since. I played uh, boys hockey for a long time, uh, switched over to girls hockey at one point, and, and then I ended... My- and then in high school, I went back to boys hockey. I think that's kind of what gave me my, you know, competitive edge. Uh, when it comes to looking up to hockey players, uh, I've always looked up to my brothers. All three of them have been, you know, played college hockey or, or I played with them even in high school. And, you know, just having them as, you know, leaders and kind of showing me, um, you know, what it is to be tough and, you um, to dedicate yourself to a sport, they were just always, you know, role models for me growing up.
0: And was there any particular players um, you enjoyed watching, like in the NHL or something like that?
1: I mean, I think the obvious ones are you know, probably Bobby Orr. Uh, my dad used to show me clips of him, and um, just how, you know, great skater, uh, just smart on the ice, and just, you know, skate circles around people, but, you know, that's someone that I, you know, always looked up to, but Honestly, just I love hockey in general, but when it came down to like actual role models, really it was just my family or um, you know people that I knew in person that I just looked up to. Uh, but Bobby Orr definitely would be the you know the NHL player that I always looked up to.
0: Absolutely, and and when it came to picking your first jersey number, what made you choose the number you um, chose?
1: Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think the first time I actually like took note of the number I wanted to. Uh, I picked 44 actually. Um, I think I was 12. I was playing for the Terriers. Um, honestly, I thought it was a defensive number, and I just, uh, you know, I just felt good about it. And it's funny now because now playing for the Boston Pride, I had, you know, the opportunity to pick my jersey again. Um, previous years I was wearing number two, and that was taken by uh, Guy Gliari. So, um, I actually chose 44 again. Um, and it's funny, you know, kind of how it circles back and. Um, yeah, it's uh, it's nice to think about that. You know, from when I was twelve years old, I was wearing the same number I am now. It's kind of just stuck with me.
0: In terms of how you prepare for a game, I mean, do you have any pre-game rituals, and has that changed over time with experience of playing hockey?
1: Yeah. Um, honestly, I'm. I like to be loose before the games. I'm not. Uh, I like to have fun with my teammates. I think, you know, it's always good. Obviously, I get a good stretch in, but really, I just like to loosen up and have fun and just relax before a game. Um, I find that when I'm too tense, I I play a little, uh, you know, I don't play as confident, so I just like to loosen up. I think something I do, I mean, listen to music, uh, pick around the soccer ball, just have a few laughs, and then then before going out onto the ice, then you take a couple minutes just to kind of refocus, and uh, I take that time, but really, just getting a good stretch and uh, having the game on your mind, but also just being relaxed.
0: Just before we touch on your the NWHL side of things, I just want to touch on a couple of um, points before that. Um, what did you enjoy most about your time playing college hockey?
1: Um, so I don't know if you know I actually started playing um, hockey at Penn State. Yeah. Um, I, was, it was, I played club hockey there. They were going D1. Um, I wasn't able to play for the team. And that's why I actually transferred over to UMass Amherst to play. Uh, so I, was, I actually played club, and a lot of these girls that are in the NWHL all came from top D1 teams. So that was, uh, that was definitely a change for me. But uh, what, what really I, I love about college hockey is just the atmosphere. Like, I love my teammates. Um, I love playing competitive sports in school. It's something that kind of always is there for me. Um, you know, Whether you're stressed out for you know schoolwork or anything else that was going on, Hockey's just always been that motivator for me and something that has kept me, has kept me grounded. Uh, otherwise, probably would have lost my mind by now. <laughs> but, uh, no, I, uh, it's just... Hockey's just always been a relief um, and just kind of... And also, it's just a small community. I mean, yeah. hockey players, it's just... You end up having so many mutual friends and just having those uh, bonds with people. I mean, you're really... I mean, they say, like, you're not you're never closer than the person you pass the puck to uh, those end up being your best friends for life and i'm um, even throughout my entire hockey career i've kept close with so many different people from across the united states and canada uh, i just created some really uh, strong friendships
0: i think the way that i always look at hockey is it's, it is pretty much like one big family i mean even over here in in the uk you know yeah. th- that's how pretty much people view it as and it, it's like no other sport in my opinion. I think very much there is that community feeling in ice hockey that you don't get anywhere else.
1: Yeah, no, definitely. It's uh, it's just a sport where I feel like everyone kind of has that same drive and, uh, you know, everyone's there for each other. I, I mean, even just growing up now, like, I've just seen how open the hockey community is mm. and accepting and, um, you know, whenever there seems to be a story about a hockey player, it's just the whole... The whole uh, the whole community just uh, comes behind them. And I just think that's really
0: huge about hockey. No, absolutely. Just one other thing, just before before we move on to the NWH side of things, you represented the United States university team at the winter university ad in 2013 and 2015. How did you find those experiences? Oh,
1: I I mean, being able to wear USA, uh, you know, across your chest and any experience is just unbelievable. Um, it was huge for me to be able to play overseas and have that experience. Uh, once again, I, made a, I met so many different girls from across the U.S., and we came together as one team. Uh, the first year we went, uh, we actually were able to win the bronze, which was huge. Um, just, you know, what a feeling that was. Uh, and I'm just playing against big names, too, playing against Russia, playing against Canada. I mean, these are things that you dream about when you're growing up playing hockey, uh, and it, it was just amazing. And I, I was lucky enough I, got, I was able to go twice. Um, and that was just, you know, an experience I'll look back on and just be, you know, I'm proud of. Um, I'll always, you know, have those memories with me.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think in some especially kind of almost matters in a sense like at what level you represent your country. I mean, obviously, like the, the Olympics is the pinnacle. But as you say, just being able to wear USA or, you know, if you're Canadian or whatever country you're from, at whatever level, it's something very, very special.
1: Right. I mean, you want to represent your country at the highest respect. Um, you want to work hard for it, blood, sweat, and tears. And, uh, yeah, no matter what level, I think when you wear your country USA across the chest, uh, you're playing for something bigger than yourself.
0: No, absolutely. So let's move on to the NWHL side of things. You spent your first two seasons in Buffalo and you won the cup. I mean, that must've yeah. been an incredible experience.
1: Yeah, that was, I mean, even just playing the first year, um, the, you know, the first year the NWHL came out it was just amazing to be part of. Uh, it's just it's such a great platform for a female athletes. Uh, you know, to have you know even just for young girls to look up and have a have a you know place to play. Uh, it, just on a professional level, it was just it was just incredible. Uh, so yeah, I played my first two seasons out there, and last year we were able to take home the cup, which was absolutely huge. Uh, kind of the underdog story there. We actually you know played against Boston Pride in the championship. Um, and it was, you know, an absolute battle. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it was amazing. I I couldn't have – it was amazing. Like, honest, I don't even know how else to explain it. Uh, just an experience I'll always remember. Um, my, you know, the team in Buffalo, we really just came together. We grinded it out. Um, and we, You know, we had that friendship. We had that bond. And I think that's really what catapulted us to the championship.
0: No, I mean it was in an incredible playoff season and of course we've been reminded of that very recently by the, the championship banner being raised and Dan Rice asked on Twitter, is the championship ring you receive the coolest thing you own?
1: Oh yeah, it, it is pretty cool. Um, I think that was kind of a different experience for me just because we got the ring while we were playing, I was playing against Buffalo yeah. so uh, I was the only one in the Boston Pride jersey and um, you want, I want to be respectful to the teammates I have now, but obviously just so proud of what, I, what we accomplished last year. Um, but I mean, even, yeah, the ring—the
0: ring's pretty sweet. Uh, it's a, a prized possession for anyone in any sport that's ever, ever been given one of those rings. And thanks for that, Dan. And, and John M. Grote asked on Twitter as well, what's your favourite part about playing in the NWHL?
1: The best part about playing in the NWHL has to be the level of hockey. Um, It's it's just fast. It's competitive. Um, I think just female athletes, we just, you know, we're tough and we want to be pushed. And uh, it's really helped my game, just playing with the best girls in the world. Uh, I mean, not to mention just the friendships you have in the locker room as well. Uh, You know, the friendships that you carry with you. It's just the the whole atmosphere. But um, I will say just the quickness and the speed of the game is a lot of fun.
0: How much do you enjoy being a role model?
1: Oh, I mean, (laughs) I hope I'm a good one. But, uh, I mean, yeah, it's great to see, you know, the young girls at the games and they're looking up to you. Um, You know, you just, yeah, exactly. I want to be a good role model for them. Uh, Show them that they, you know, that they have dreams and they can come true. And uh, I think just really what being a role model is, is just leading by example, uh, playing tough, uh, being a good teammate, being a good friend. Um, being honest. I mean, those are some of the things that I think hockey has kind of taught me. Yeah. Um, and hopefully that, you know, these girls growing up, you know, will have those traits too. And um, I think that's so important, you know, especially having courage and playing with heart. Um, you know, just being the best player you can be and best person.
0: Thanks for the uh, original question there, John. And obviously, as you mentioned just moments ago, you're now playing for Boston. Was it hard leaving Buffalo and now playing for Boston?
1: Yeah. I mean, it was tough because, I mean, I'm very excited to be in my hometown of Boston. Uh, It just made sense to come home and and play for my hometown city. Uh, I had an opportunity there and I couldn't pass it up. Uh, My family was able to come to, you know, uh, more of the games. Um, You know, I could start a career on the side as well and, you know, work full time, but, it was definitely hard leaving my teammates in Buffalo and the coaching staff and everyone that's just been so great to me. Um, I mean, I I absolutely loved it in Buffalo. What a great city, hockey city. Uh, we had we had a lot of fun out there. And um, but you know what, I'll be seeing them on the ice. And uh, yeah. you know, I, going out to Buffalo last weekend, that was a blast being able to see my old teammates. But you know what, we'll always be friends. Um, and uh, I'll give them a you know a little extra hip check on the ice. They won't mind. <laughs>
0: Talking of the the, uh, current season it stands so far, I mean, obviously you played the game uh, yesterday as we record this and giving up a couple of late goals against the Whale. How frustrating was that?
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, it doesn't feel good to lose like that. Um, But, I mean, we're working hard and we just have to stay on track here. Um, Can't think about that. Uh, We just have to keep keep our uh, heads up and keep uh, working hard. I mean, that's really the ultimate thing. Um, can't dwell on the past here. We're just moving forward. And um, once we come together, once we click as a team, I know, I mean, we're all just playing together, uh, you know, for first couple of games. And we're just trying to create that chemistry and um, really fall together as one team.
0: I mean, sometimes like a bit of an extended break is not sometimes great for a team on a winning streak. I mean, obviously, it'd be interesting how the riveters deal with that. But for yourselves, obviously, you got off to this a bit of a slow start. Could the this bit of an extended break be a bit of a blessing in disguise?
1: Uh yeah. I mean, I think. I mean, it's always good to have a little break. I mean, hopefully, I mean, we're going to be on the ice on the break as well, and we're going to keep. I mean, this is a crucial week. We're going to be hit the gym, and um, I mean, I think everyone. I mean, I, really, I think it's. I don't know if the break's going to have that much effect on us. I think we're just looking, and I think it's going to fall for us. I think we just need to keep working hard. Um, I don't know if the break's going to be good or bad for us, but I know, I know everyone know the team hungry for a win. Um, so I think we'll, um, we'll be okay after the break.
0: Talking of hungry, that's a, a bit of a nice segue. One last question just before we let you go, Paige. And obviously it's Thanksgiving um, coming up. So for you, yeah. what is the one thing that must be on your plate at Thanksgiving dinner?
1: <laughs> oh, that is a good question. Oh, my goodness. I absolutely stack my plate, but... My favorite thing on Thanksgiving, I love the stuffing. I absolutely love the stuffing. Um, my mom makes homemade stuffing and you uh, you gotta have that on the plate. Can't be missing that. And you gotta have you know, you have to have some color as well, so yeah. green beans, squash, sweet potatoes, all of that jazz. I'm <laughs> gonna throw it all on there. I mean, it all tasting the, the same once you just like you know, spread it around.
0: There you go. There's there's some food advice from Paige and I'm sure obviously when the <laughs> listeners hear this that they will be getting hungry as they get ready for their break as well. But I wanna wish you all the best for, for Thanksgiving, Paige, and obviously for the for the team in the season ahead and wanna thank you so much for joining me today. Yeah, no, I appreciate
1: it. Thank you for having me. I hope you have a nice holiday And um yeah, that was
0: that was great. Great stuff from Paige. Now time for a break, catch them. Delighted to welcome to the podcast Bray Ketchum from the Metropolitan Riveters. Bray, thanks so much for joining me. How's it going?
1: Thanks for having me. I'm doing well.
0: We just had another weekend in the NWHL, but before we get on to that, let's just find out a bit more about yourself. So when did you first step out onto the ice and which players did you enjoy watching growing up?
1: So I began playing hockey when I was about six years old, um, mostly due to my older brothers who were playing at the time. I was, uh, being younger, I was the one always getting up at 6 a.m. with them on Saturday and Sunday morning and uh, being taken to the rink by my parents and suddenly fell in love with the game and uh, was fortunate enough to start playing at a young age.
0: So who were some of the players you enjoyed watching uh, when you first started getting into hockey?
1: Um, Well, of course, my brothers were my first role models as they were um, playing right away. And then um, as I soon learned about the women's game, I think some of my earliest uh, memories were watching probably Angela Ruggiero and AJ Malesko on that Olympic team in 98. Um, And then, of course, you know, Julie Chu, who's also from Connecticut, was always fun to watch.
0: This is it, isn't it? I mean, before the the Women's Professional Leagues come along, the, the Olympics played a big part in increasing exposure for the women's game, even at that time.
1: Yeah, of course. And um, it's now, it's great to know that younger women um, have a different, have both the dream of playing the Olympics as well as the NWHL now. When I was little, you know, we all aspired to be Olympians and Obviously, only you know, 20 to 26 players get that, um, get that opportunity every four years. So it's really special knowing that younger girls have that opportunity now to have uh, different avenues to succeed in hockey.
0: This is it. I just want to touch on something that um, one of the listeners sent in, Matt Smith, at one of his questions. He says, as an original Riveter, how do you see the league having matured and where is improvement still needed?
1: Yeah, so I think the league has uh, proven that there's a huge market for women's hockey, and um, it's been really exciting to be a part of for three years. And um, there's been a lot of firsts. And in the first year with, you know, the Riveters getting to go to Japan, our first paychecks, um, to even now this year, there's, uh, we have our first um, NHL team getting on board with our team, the Riveters, and we got to play in the Prudential Center, um, as well as the new um, the Twitter the Twitter partnership as well so I think the league is continuing to improve and uh, there's only you know more exciting things to happen in the future that um, I'm I'm excited to have been a part of and I I'm excited to watch
0: so you played at the home of the devils but you're a Rangers fan aren't you uh,
1: yes I am a Rangers fan <laughs> um, but now I'm also a
0: Devils fan. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how many Rangers fans would be too pleased to hear that, but I can understand certainly from the, from the partnership. And um, it was a, a fantastic event and great times in the NWHL and, and certainly a very good times ahead. Um, Matt Smith also says, that what has changed from season one in terms of fitness perspective and your role on the Riveters.
1: Um, Well, fitness has always been a big part of my game. I, especially being on the older side of the league, uh, I definitely take that into account in the off season uh, as there, are you know, a lot stronger, younger players coming in every year. So that hasn't really changed much. Um, But my role on the team, obviously I'm honored to be an assistant captain this year. And I think coming into the first year, everyone was new to the league and, uh, we all were trying to be role models for the game, and that 's kind of been our our number one priority is being role models for these young girls and um I continue to try and do that every day and um i 'm always you know striving to be a leader on any team I play on, so my role has evolved in terms of getting that letter on my jersey but i is have been uh, I've been a believer in this league from day one. And I think that's the most important thing.
0: You talk about like the experience you've had and, you know, this is obviously the the third year that you've had with the Riveters. Um, Do you take some of the the younger players under your wing and try and show them what the league's about and and anything else that they might need help with?
1: Yeah, I think it's, um, it's been nice this year, especially because we have so many returning players on our team. So there hasn't been much of that needed this year, Um, but definitely in our second year, I think the team um, really took those younger girls under their belt and um, just showing them the way and, and reinstating the fact that everyone just needs to be, um, everyone needs to be fortunate for their opportunity. And, you know, the league's not perfect. It's only year three now. Um, So, the number one thing again as I said is you know we're being role models out here and um, the league is only as as good as we make it so that's what we try and instill in our players
0: and you've been a riveter from from day one but you did however represent the Boston Pride at the Winter Classic in January 2016 what was that like
1: that was incredible playing in that stage in Gillette stadium was a pretty special moment for the the league and also the players involved. Um, So I was very fortunate to be a part of that.
0: I, I think it was just a, an incredible showcase again, to be a part of something like that. And I think for me, any time you can get a chance to get in front of, in some respects, a new audience because of, you know, some people are still just watching the NHL. And again, this is where the partnership with the Devils comes to fruition. And again, things like that, being a part, again, of a, of an NHL event, I think can only be good for the league as a whole.
1: Of course. And I think, you know, the partnership with the Devils this year is hopefully just one of many to come. And uh, they've been a great sponsor so far, and it's been a great partnership. So, uh, I only I only hope that that's the first of many.
0: No, absolutely. I mean, it'll be interesting to see exactly what happens over the next couple of years with any sort of other partnerships and, and how Lily grows. But let's take a look at this season. The Vivitors have got off to a tremendous start, 4-0 on the season so far. What's been the keys to success for this team?
1: Um, yeah, it's been really exciting. Um, I think most importantly, we have a lot of returners. So that's been very helpful. Um, and you know, our rookies have really stepped up, especially Calzer and Jenny Ryan on de- defense. So, uh, we're really beca- uh, gelling as a team right now. And I think I commend Chad for all he's done with creating such a great environment from day one, he's really put together uh, three tremendous teams and he really cares about um, us as players and the environment that he instills in that locker room. So I think that's the most important thing. We all want to be there for each other and we're all having fun. And, um, and you know, when you're having fun and playing hockey, um, I think, you know, success will come. So it's been a great start and hopefully we can keep it going.
0: What do you think the team must improve on? I mean, it's very difficult when you get off to a perfect start, but, you know, you're always trying to improve in some areas.
1: Yeah, I think ultimately we want to have, you know, three lines that are that are producing um, similarly. And I think our, our special teams can definitely improve. So that's a huge part of the game. Um, and, yeah, I think we're still trying to find out, you know, the, line, the, the lines and on forward, and that'll come. But um, overall, I think everyone's working hard, and our practices have been really high-tempo. Um, practices. So uh, it's a good start. And I think we can constantly improve, but uh, it'll come as we continue to practice together.
0: Would you be like chomping at the bit to get back out on the ice this weekend? I mean, I know you've got like a kind of like a week break, but obviously being a winning team, then you want to just kind of keep getting out there and keep playing.
1: Yeah, it is really hard only playing once a weekend because, you know, we were on a high after Saturday tonight's game and now we have to wait two weeks to play another game. So it is difficult, And um, but what can you do?
0: <laughs> well, of course, it is part of um, Thanksgiving week. And just before we let you go, there's a couple of things I want to touch on, and one around Thanksgiving. So how do you spend your Thanksgiving?
1: Um, so I am fortunate enough to be from Connecticut, so it's not too far away. So I'm going home uh, tomorrow night and spending the weekend with my family. So there should be about 12 of us uh, at home
0: absolutely and i do hope you have a wonderful thanksgiving Thank one more you. thing just before just before i let you go is that i understand you're a board member for the mandy schwartz foundation what can you tell us about the foundation and the work it does
1: yeah so um mandy schwartz was a teammate of mine at yale and she passed away from leukemia um while i was still at yale um so we Aleka Hughes, who was also my teammate at the time, created this foundation in her honor. And we, as a foundation, are trying to increase the amount of um, marrow donor uh, drives around the nation. Um, We've held a marrow donor drive at Yale every spring since she was diagnosed. And that has uh, created almost 20 matches for us um, from that particular foundation uh, drive. So um, it's mostly about creating awareness for the disease and honoring Mandy as a player, as a person, and um, all she did while she was alive. And uh, she was a tremendous person, and I'm fortunate enough to also wear her jersey number um, in the NWHL. So it's pretty special knowing that, um, you know, I'm still playing for Mandy, and she's always been a part of my hockey career, so...
0: No, I mean, it's absolutely tremendous and a a wonderful foundation. We'll include a a link to the website in the episode notes. But for now, I just want to thank you so much for joining me, Bray. It's been a pleasure to talk to you, and I'd like to wish you and the team the very best of the season, as I say, and a very happy and safe Thanksgiving.
1: Great. Thank you so much.
0: Great stuff from Bray. And that just about wraps up tonight's episode. I'd like to thank Paige Harrington and Bray Ketchum for joining me on Women's Hockey Digest. You can find all the relevant social media links in the notes for the episode including their Twitter handles. Every week, I'll be joined by players from the NWHL to discuss all things NWHL from a player's perspective. But for now, I've been your host, Stephen Edwards. You can find me on Twitter, at TalkSportStephen. You can find the podcast at WH Digest. Don't forget to subscribe on iTunes or your podcast app. All the details will be in the episode notes. But until next time, it's a good night from me.